I mean, the, the one good thing about it is that Jude Law is so smooth, you could spread him on your toast. <laughs> he would just fucking melt it, wouldn't he? He would. He would just, he's like, you just spread him along, like, get, you get a bit of Jude Law on the edges, you know, right to the edges as well, like, all the way to the curves. Mm. Mm. He's just, I was watching it like that, and halfway through, I was just like, I was like, why am I getting, I'm getting nibbler. So I'm getting a bit nibbly from. <laughs> I was like, I was like, mate, he's delicious. Right, welcome to the shared bunk. <laughs> welcome to the uh, the Christmas edition of our podcast. We've been rinsing through some uh, festive favourites uh, over the last sort of what two weeks. Yeah, just to give you an idea of what we're going to be chatting about, we've got things like Gremlins, Love Actually, It's a Wonderful Life, Jingle All the Way, The Grinch, Home Alone. All the essentials, uh, as well as a few new ones we might sprinkle in there, here and there. Um, but, you know, let's, I think it's been a bad year. It's been awful. So let's have a a nice Christmas chat about film. Everyone's sat in watching films because they can't do anything else. So it's a good excuse to, you know, watch, watch some festive favourites and cheer yourself up. Um, the one thing that's been missing from this year has been this wonderful life. And now that I've watched it, I went... I'm yeah, I can do this. Yeah, <laughs> and we'll also be doing. We'll, we'll, we'll be having a, a, an in-depth discussion on uh, if Die Hard is a, actually a Christmas film. So let's crack on. Right. So first up, let's talk about Home Alone. That's. I feel like this is like a lot of people that I know is like go to. It's not. It's not like it's not my like go to. I've watched it. I used to. Know, I think I used to watch the second one the most. But like Home Alone, when we watched this again recently, I just. I just forgot everything about this film. I realised yeah. it was like completely, like I've got some notes from things we've said along the way and stuff. But yeah, what do you think of, what, what's your thoughts on Home Alone? Do you think, you, do you think you wish the robbers won? I, I think a lot of decisions happen in Home Alone. <laughs> a lot of mean? decisions that I don't know if I completely understand. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's bonkers, isn't it? I don't think uh, many of the characters are very in character. Like, I don't think the robbers are very robbery. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, yeah, the, you, 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 you kind of don't want that, I guess. It is. <laughs> they, they, they don't really know what they're doing, do they? Mm. But like, I, I think, the thing is, that I, I like the fact that Joe Pesci's in it. And it's like, you know, after you've watched Goodfellas, like, and like, you go back and watch Home Alone again. Yeah, like, last like, thing recently. I saw him was Irishman. Irishman, <laughs> like, yeah, go from Irishman and then you go to that. And you're just that. To be fair, in some ways, he's a good choice. Because like, if you've watched those films, you watch it and you go like, this guy's nasty work. Then you watch this film and you go, like, "Oh, he's not actually like, <laughs> like you know, he, he seems way more harmless." Yeah. You're just like, "This doesn't feel quite feel right." The kid's the f- most fucking dangerous thing in that yeah, film. Yeah, he is. So I, I put um, <laughs> this film was nominated for two Oscars. Home Alone's actually been nominated for two Oscars, which is amazing because it just shows you that anything can happen. Is it Joe Pesci in supporting role? No, it's all music. <laughs> it's, all, it's all the music. It's got nothing to do with the film itself. It's just, the score was pretty. Score Pretty banging. John Hughes is that his name? Mm. Score. So they've um. What I've got here is John Williams actually. A, a note I got was that I don't know who all the adults are in the film. So the, I know there's loads of kids, <laughs> but I don't know who all the adults are. They live in this like obviously this um. Like there's a mum and a dad, and yeah. you don't know who the rest I, of them are. I, I I'm sh- I'm sure it might say, but yeah. I, it, I just I forgot halfway through watching. I was like, hang on, who are these other adults? I was like, I. And then I said to you, didn't I? I, was like, I think what would be good is they should make like a 20 to because they're remaking Home Alone. Mm. So what they should do is as part of their remake is to 
make like a 2020 version of Home Alone where the adults are all like, they're in like a, a loose relationship. They're all like swingers. And they're bringing up these kids in the modern age. Bone alone. <laughs> the one thing that they wouldn't be not in a alone. kid's film. Not in a kid's film. But yeah, like, no, like, but yeah, I, I, I thought it was quite, I, I was like, are these all their friends or are they aunts and uncles? Which they probably are. I probably made it really clear, but I was just kind of halfway through the film going like, I think I trailed off and was like, I've got another idea for a film. Yeah. Where they I think it's because like they, they obviously like, it, I feel like they made the decision to put in just like a huge family just for the lone fact that they were like, we need to make it look like she's not just a bad mum for yeah. forgetting a child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like That's they true, kind of made yeah. they kind of just like threw in just a load of other family members so you can go like, oh, like she's not actually that bad. It's just, you know, oh bless her, she's got a lot to keep on top yeah. of. She's got all the, all the adults, like, all the kids, and then she's trying to do a head count. She's like, someone else do the head count, someone else do the head count, and then it's it's like, well, you're just a bad mum. You've you've like, and the dad for that man the dad yeah the dad the dad gets away with a lot he's he, not really in it much is he he's not yeah, like he doesn't, but, yeah he and who remembers the dad from Home Alone <laughs> yeah and also the fact that like when when she has to go through that whole like journey with where she goes on that bloody what is it she's in like a truck at the end and like um go, like uh, there's, and there's like a really dark story out of nowhere that like yeah. that that guy in the yellow shirt yeah. tells and, like, she gets back and the dad's just like oh yeah I got the flight you didn't want to wait for that's it's like a proper dig like he come she she's trying to get back to see her son as quick as and he's like oh we can wait to the flight in the morning and she's like no i need to see my son and she gets this like she gets a lift back and then he comes in like three seconds later and he's just like yeah i just got the flight like what are you, what are you panicking for like we have to wait <laughs> uh but yeah i thought um there's a video online isn't there about the kind of like death count uh, on home yeah, home. where it's like every what, like every time that like something happens to him, it's like, oh yeah, they burnt his head. He's yeah, that, he'd be how dead. long that would take? You've <laughs> gone through like yeah, like it like falls over on marbles or trucks or whatever it is, and then you know it's just like it's like that that would cause this injury and this injury, which would result in it's so ble- <laughs> it's so bleak, but it's so funny at the same time. Yeah, yeah, that's worth looking out for. Also, the phones, the phones oh, in Home Alone. Yeah, no, I the phones do what the film wants them to do. There's a point where like there's a point where halfway through he like rings. He rings for a pizza, but his mum can't ring. His mum can't ring him, and she's like, "The phones are all down." And then, like, but he rings for a pizza in the next scene or something. I was just like, "Hang on yeah. a minute, it doesn't make any sense." And also, she rings the police. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like there might have been a little moment that we missed there. Yeah, I was pretty. Like, tired. I really hope that we missed. <laughs> yeah, I but, feel like um, people who love Home Alone are going to listen to this. One and of like, the, these two know nothing. About one of my this one of my favorite things about it is the fact that, like, you know, all the, all the way through it, like, no one, like, no one spots it. It's like, yeah, granted, obviously, like, the mum might not spot it because she's like dealing with a load of other bits and bobs. But like, you know, none of the brothers, none of the sisters, yeah. the dad. The flight attendant doesn't notice the fact that they've got an extra ticket. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's a good one. Because she goes to <laughs> yeah, so she goes to go on the, get on the plane, and she's like, "Yeah, go." And it's like, "Why is the flight attendant not checking tickets?" Like, because you'd just be like, "There's one extra ticket. Who's it for?" And they'd be like, "Oh, it's Kev." <laughs> but they don't think about it. They'll be like, "Oh, nah, I'm sure there were like 26 of us." And then it's like, yeah. "You made a really good my son. You made a really good analogy." And. I don't know if you remember it, but I can't remember it now. We're watching this and Scott sort of said this like quick off the cuff thing that was, I th- I think so true. 
and it, it I, I couldn't stop thinking about it, is that, that this film has got the same structure as Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> it's got the same pacing. It's it? exactly it's it's same, just, it's same just same like story. very little going on all the way through it. And then out of nowhere, it's just like pure Okay, violence. now it's just violence. Yeah. If it, like, if, if, if Home Alone was an 18, it would be Once Upon a Time. Yeah, I think I that's so Because <laughs> I remember getting to the end of this and being like, there's nothing happens in this film. Like I get he's for the most part home alone, but like, like, and then, and then eventually there's the robbers. But when you think of home alone, you think of the ending. Well, I do at least, mm. but I forgot how much of this film is just him mocking about in the house and running around and putting on uh, aftershave and just yeah. eating stuff and, and like winding up the pizza delivery guy. And it's then, fair, like, and then at the end when that. the violence kicks off, it, it's literally, it's like once upon a time in Hollywood. It's not the same. To film. further that point, you've kind of got like, you know, like those little parts at the beginning where like you sort of like think that everyone like it's all going to kick off and then it doesn't it's like that's kind of what you've got with the uh the old dude i can't mm. remember his name but the old dude oh yeah like the old i know you mean the old guy who's like shoveling the snow yeah he kind of he kind of reminds me of you know when brad pitt goes off on his own and you're like something's yeah. gonna happen and then it doesn't yeah <laughs> that's that's a good bit where he goes <laughs> he, he sort of sorts his life out doesn't it sorts out the old man i like that that is yeah, nice because in some ways kids teach there's us there's also for, for American gun nuts out there there is a moment in this film where he does defend his house with a rifle so there is an argument for this film <laughs> like I want to know what this film's stance is or the director's stance is because he kind of does get a gun and he shoots him and he's like because <laughs> the that, only thing to stop a robbery without a gun is a child with a gun. <laughs> Literally. I mean, it is a BB gun, which probably... There is that, yeah, there is that. <laughs> but there, yeah, I'm sure I, everyone probably knows that. And the counter-argument for that is the fact that he um, spends the rest of the film using marbles, trucks, paint, and stuff like that to, to look after himself. So there's an argument that you don't need weapons and that you can just use... <laughs> Honestly... Anything's a weapon if anything. you use it properly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and that's the moral that's, that kids need at Christmas. It's just... It just melts your heart. <laughs> Cry every year it gets you. <laughs> what do you who's whose head is it that burns on fire? It's Joe Pesci's in it. When Joe Pesci's head's burning on fire, you're just like, oh my lord, it's so sweet. Oh mate, it's, it is good though. It's such a funny film. It's the most warm thing you'll see all Christmas. <laughs> uh, we've got anything else to say about this. I've made a few notes. I said there's a lot of uh, this is a proper people screaming and running at the camera kind of film. Going ah, and like looking straight, like the lens or ah, I know he does it on the picture, and it's famous for yeah. that. But like they don't, they don't do that enough in films don't. anymore. It needs to come back. No, There's like a few things, even like it's a Wonderful Life does that as well, doesn't it? Yeah, like people like, weren't afraid. People weren't afraid of just like breaking the fourth wall in a film where it, where it just doesn't make much sense. Yeah, I was watching from Dust Till Dawn the other day, and this is a little tangent. But there's a bit in that film where like the film is obviously just you know it's a gangster film and a vampire film. But there's a bit halfway through where like. A guy's like just shouting about like he's talking about the club and he's I'll keep the language down because it's very it's very grotesque but he's talking about like this this strip club but he's just shouting at the camera and he's like the owner is this of the about the what type of cats they have yeah what kind of Rackle. cat they've got in <laughs> <laughs> he says we've got black cats <laughs> we've got this cats, cats white cats he says all the different kind of cats and, 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 and you're just kind of watching it and you're like that was a bit random that you just shouted at me for no reason and then the film just carries on being the film that it was and it, I think that's <laughs> as, as much as that film can yeah. <laughs> it's weird when something like that jumps out at you in From Dust Till Dawn because that's a weird film but it's you know there's, there's similarities to be drawn between From Dust Till Dawn and Home Alone yeah 
like home, the grotesque violence. Home Alone, um, Home Alone, Home Alone's good though. I like I like Home Alone. I don't I don't like. It's never been one of my like go tos. Like my like my like top of my favorites. But I do when I put it on, it is just like it's Christmassy. The second one, which I'm sorry we didn't watch the second one, and I know it's good. I remember liking the second one more as a kid because he goes out and about more, hmm. and it's like he's lost. It's lost in New York, so he's like he's out and about, and he's a bit more of an adventure. And even though the, I can't remember if the film's better, I remember watching it and being like, I just like the fact that he's on an adventure a bit more. Than, yeah. I think I, I if I'm to right, be honest, I, I can't remember the second one very no. well. And I couldn't really remember the first one that well when we watched it this time around, but I just really enjoyed it. Like it's, um, it's a bit of a strange one. Cause it's one of those ones where I've always known that it's a classic and I've always been like, I think I watched that when I was a kid, but then I don't know. I've just never ended up watching it again. Yeah. Cause it's like, it's not a film that you watch any of the other time of the year. And because I've got like my favorites that I always put on at Christmas, I just kind of, don't revert back to like another yeah. one that I've not seen in a while. Sort of well, that's the thing, isn't it? It depends how many films you watch. And then obviously they're releasing new films every year as well. So it's whether you want to watch new films or stick to the classics every year, which I find quite like. If, so there's some classics that I've just never seen until this year. So we watched um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation for the first time. Yeah, yeah. We'd never watched that. Like, and that's like some people's go-to. I've still never seen Scrooged. Is that the Bill Murray? Bill Murray, yeah. I've still I've, never seen I've that. seen it. I think, like, I think that's one of the issues with like, you know, because there's like about 50 versions of Christmas Carol out there. Mm. It's like, you you can't watch them all every year. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. like, you know, once you've watched one of them, you, you kind of go, that's probably the one that I'm going to watch this year. See, what's the definitive so like, Christmas probably... Carol for you? What's the one that you think of? Because I don't know if we, I know, if I'm going off of my, like me, me talking on your behalf, I'd say that we don't really watch Christmas Carol that much, but do you have one that's like the one that you, that's the one that you watch the most? Cause I think a lot of people do watch that most years. Yeah. I'd, I'd say probably as far as it goes for me, cause I never really, I just never really like watched it that much. And then when the Jim Carrey, the Jim Carrey one came yeah. out, uh, that one's I ended gloomy, up watching that. Man. That one's gloomy, if I remember right. For like an animated film. It's directed yeah. by uh, Zemeckis, Robert Zemeckis, who did uh, Back to the Future. It's really good, though. Like, it's, um, I think, like... I'm having a port, Scott. You crack on. Oh, yeah. Do you want a port? Of course I bloody do. Bloody cheeky Christmas port. Christmas. Ooh. We had a splash this last night, didn't we? Just to, just to settle the nerves. I can't open the bottle, man. So we meant to slip in. Oh, you're a bugger, aren't you? But yeah, um, Christmas Carol. <laughs> so good. You keep talking while I'm just, I'm just going to get leathered. <laughs> right, go you just get pissed and I'll talk about... <laughs> is, that, that is that too much port? <laughs> too much port. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> but um, the thing is about Christmas Carol. Is, um, no, like, I think uh, for me, the animated one's probably the main one that I go to. But like, I'm... I went to watch it on stage once and that's probably the one that I, like that's probably like the first time that I watched it properly. Yeah. But like the animated one, I just thought was like really good because like I feel like they they managed to, because of the fact that it's like animated and everything, they can do the the ghosts very well. Yeah. And the ghosts are obviously quite a big part of it. Yeah. And like, like I just remember... I remember watching it and being like the the ghost of Christmas future. Now he's just terrifying. Mm. <laughs> he is just the Grim Reaper. See, <laughs> he just looks like that. When I was younger, which I think he always does. But. When I was a kid, I used to find the Muppets terrifying. 
Like some of them. Because the Muppets, obviously like Kermit the Frog not and stuff, but there was a couple of Muppets, I can't remember what they were. When I was younger, I used to find them really like freaky. And I remember mm. the trailer, I can remember, I don't know what on, but I can remember the trailer for a Muppets Christmas Carol on um, the, oh, what do you call it? On a VHS. On a VHS. And I watched it and the ghosts on it terrified me. And because of that, I, I just stayed away from watching that film. Mm. Like Muppets Treasure Island I never watched as well and things like that. But the future one is pretty... Like the, the Christmas future one in that is still like... It still looks like the Grim Reaper, doesn't it? Yeah. Like that, that's the one that, that's I, a weird that, that's the one that we watched this year. But yeah, like Michael I've, I've not actually watched another, another Christmas Carol this year. I've I don't really like that musicals one. that much though, so I just find the songs a bit annoying. And maybe, obviously, you're watching... Muppets Christmas Carol at 26 for the first time and it's like oh this is <laughs> you know, this is not, stupid yeah, I don't know why this is not resonating with me it's like it's probably because you weren't a child when you first watched it <laughs> who's this intended for you know what I mean it's yeah it just, it just feels strange I, I, I no, do, I'm just there for Michael Caine yeah I like Michael Caine I thought he'd be like you know knocking out Muppets and stuff but he's not it, I did I did quite like it but I don't I don't think um, I don't think it, it's one of the things where I just felt like I was too late to the game for yeah which is the problem uh, let's Still talk about, good though. we watched, I don't know if anyone's seen The Holiday, but The Holiday is a, we, we watched that for the first time. It's well, a Scott holiday watched it film. First, yeah. <laughs> Scott watched it for the first time this year and I'd watched it the year prior and it is, it is mad. It's like, it's a, it's like, it's like a not as good love actually, option for love actually, I'd say. I think it's like, I made in my notes that I can't remember this film. <laughs> That's how... Do you want me to remind you? Um, yes, please. So I just know Jack Black's knocking around. That's about it. Well, <laughs> wait, I've, I'm going to try to remind you and I forgot. They basically switch houses. Kate Winslet's from the UK and Cameron Diaz is from America and they switch places and fall for people on the other side who are linked with them. And that's basically it. It's like, it's, it's, it's got the worst, it's, do you know what it is? It's one of the rom-coms where people are just dancing, it's a, it's a people getting, people dancing and getting caught film. So that's almost just like being silly and it's like, oh, she's so fun. And then like someone it's, walks in and they're like, oh my God, and you're, you're supposed to like, laugh. And I'm just sat there like, why would you laugh? Like just that bit in, like just that bit in Love Actually where he's like, I'll take you down. Yeah, and yeah. then he gets caught. It's like just that a bunch of times really, isn't See, it? I, think, I know I'm grumpy, but I quite like that in Love Actually. I, 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 I love it. it. I think I like Hugh Grant, but I'm certain. I, I think, I know that it's just a little bit of a bias. Thing. This is the thing I think with Christmas no, films. No, it's is. not though. It's not. No, but it's I how think they with, do I it. think with Christmas films in general though, we do get like a little bit of a bias. Like it's still a good film. I can it's still, watch- I'd say better, but like mm. there is a little bit more of a bias towards it when you go like, I've, I've grown up with watching love actually. Like, yeah. cause we have. Yeah. Like, I understand that. I think like in the holiday though, it's like, it's just meaningless. That's the problem. Like she, she wakes up in the bed. Like there's a bit where I think Kate Winslet wakes up in a bed and she's just like dancing in the bed. And I'm just like, what's she doing? Like if like it's just it's just random like it like it's not like fu- it's kind of not that funny because she just like wakes up and she's like playing a song and she's just like dancing in her bed and it's like and she, then she just gets up and you're like well I didn't need her to dance in her bed before she gets up it didn't well, and and there's the same there is a right so I, I'm a I'm a big fan of the killers there's a bit where Cameron Diaz is dancing around to Mr Brightside and it is so bad it's so bad I know people have a problem with that song in particular because it gets played to death 
And I understand that. It's a really annoying thing because I, I really like that song. I do think it gets destroyed. If you I ever, love it, but I'm just bored of it. If you ever choose to put it on, which you would never do because it's everywhere you go, mm. like it's a it's an all right song. It was it's be, it used to be great. Now it's all right because it gets played to death. But there's a bit where she's just screaming it, and I can't. I don't. I won't even want to do an impression to embarrass myself. But she's just screaming this song, and it's it's like not funner. And it's just there's just a lot of stuff like that in it. But it is. I mean, the the one good thing about it is that Jude Law is so smooth. You could spread him on your toast. <laughs> He would just fucking melt it, wouldn't he? He would. He would just. He's like you just spread him along, like get you get a bit of Jude Law on the edges, you know, right to the edges as well, like all the way to the curves. Mm. Mm. He's just. I was watching it like that, and halfway through, I was just like, I was like, why am I getting? I'm getting nibbler. So I'm getting a bit nibbly from. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, mate, he's delicious. Oh. What a delicious boy. He's just. He's absolutely. He, he could. Yeah. He is a fine-aged port, isn't he? He is, yeah. He's an excellent, he's an excellent year. Good Jude Law. That, in fact, that is... I almost thought that was from a different film because that was my favourite thing that I've probably seen. I do year. like Jude Law. It's just, it's just, as you can tell. I think in a time like now, seeing just a, a, just a, just a beautiful, smooth Jude Law down at the pub, it's like <laughs> I've been craving... There's two things I've been craving in 2020 and I didn't know that one of them was Jude Law, but I did know that one of them was the pub. <laughs> <laughs> it is true though, isn't it? There's, there's that thing where like, sometimes you watch a film and you like things that you shouldn't. So like... Like the film's like so average, but there was a point where like Jude Law is just—it's like early two thousands, and Jude Law is just wearing a turtleneck in a pub, and I was just there like, man, I want to go there. I want to—I want to be—I want to just talk to him about how his year's been, see if he's got any, see what his favourite is in a in a in a selection box. I wonder what Jude Law's favourite quality street is. I reckon he's—that's a, a question for the ages. I don't think it? he's a caramel barrel. I think he's like—I think he's a—I think he's a minty triangle. Mm. I was just trying to think if I was thinking of roses. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know what I can't which ones are which. I think he's a bouncer. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we've or, established that Jude Law. We've got a man crush on Jude Law. But um, the purple one. It's um, it's it's. You said this. It's an Xmas afterthought. I agree. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if I said that, but I agree. You said that like it's been... It's like, very much like a... It's very much kind of one of those films that's like, it could have just been a normal film and then they kind of made it a Christmas film as well. Like it doesn't feel like it's like... But like there's not really much talk of Christmas. Mm. But then again, like I, I feel like I can't remember that film that well, which is weird because we watched it like about five. That's because it's ago. forgettable. I'm sure that like there is still the like the holiday is more like referring to like Hanukkah and stuff like that because like they've got stuff like that going on around it, which obviously it's, I, I think it's really, with it. I think but. it's interesting. I think it's been packaged like a Christmas film, but it's and it, and, and but it's it, not, and it kind <laughs> of has it in there. But I think it's I think it's very it's very much trying to have its cake and eat it mm. and doesn't commit to either. And that's what I think is, and we'll talk about this in a minute, the problem with things being like, is it a Christmas film or not? And I think I do think there is an element of like, hmm. What a delicious little segue that you're doing. It, right, right, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. We'll talk about it in a sec. We'll talk about it in a sec. Because I want to talk about, I mean, yeah. It's cheesier than a rat's picnic. 
and it's a bit unbearable. But it feels like someone at the end of the writing went, that needs to be a Christmas film. And the writer's gone, yeah, all right. <laughs> like, just, yeah, will, will you green light it? <laughs> yeah, if you'll do it, I'll do it. Yeah, fair it's enough. Like, it's like, if, if, um, if I make it a Christmas film, can we get Jack Black? <laughs> and they're going, yeah. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Do you like Jack Black? Yeah. Jack Black's, I don't know why. Jack I think Black's he's just so one of the most, I think he's just one of the most lovable. Yeah, I, I get it. He is. I do like Jack Black, by the way. I, I do find him. He, he defined him very enjoyable. It's Jim for Carrey. How much I know that he should annoy me. It's like Jim Carrey. Like, I grew up watching him, and he's funner. Yeah. But then I get why. Like some people are like, he's just annoying. And I'm I like, feel, well, yeah, I feel like if the... we didn't grow up with School of Rock, we probably wouldn't like Jack Black because we never really watched much else that he's in, did we? Really? No. But School Not of really. Rock. School of Rock's the only thing, isn't it? Christmas yeah, classic. No. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it is cheese. That's a cracker. Uh, let's talk about the first thing we watched this year was uh, Gremlins. Oh. That was our that was our initiation into things. Forgot about how good that one was. Gremlins is so- okay. So Gremlins is one of the films where like oh, I love Gremlins because so I'll quickly mention this that some people like watching Nightmare Before Christmas and we watched the Nightmare Before Christmas as like a transition over into from Halloween into mm. Christmas and I, I admire Nightmare Before Christmas for being its own thing and it's its own like um like there's no other film like it and you're like where would you see a, a, a spooky animated musical that's about two halloween, holidays yeah. but neither of them <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's like very, i won't watch it i'd probably watch it at halloween more <clears throat> than christmas but it's also that much of a niche that it's like you can probably watch that all year round because it's, it's like, so because the thing is it's that specific that it is not a Christmas film and it is not a Halloween film. Yeah, and I admire that. But that kind of means that it's neither meaning that you can just watch it whenever yeah. you want. You could watch it in the summer if you wanted. And I like, admire that because it is it is unique. However, I do just not. I just don't. I just don't really like it much. I really like. I can see it. You know, it's one of the films you look at and you can see how much like care and attention's been put into it. But it's just not for you. And there was always that kid who had the backpack at school, like, and I'd, admi- you know, it's the same as that. So I admire it. You're going against the grain. But I ain't wearing that. <laughs> but get it off me. <laughs> okay, I would not wear the backpack. Every every kid, uh, every school had a kid who had a Nightmare Before Christmas backpack. And that's what that's who I think the film's for is that one yeah. that one in a so many amount of people kind of person who's like just likes watching weird things that doesn't almost care as much about like, like I just didn't really care I just don't think the story's all that good but I think it is in, it's a cool film I do, but yeah anyway. it's a cool concept and it lends itself to really cool visuals I mm. think and it, that's the thing is it's such a visual film yeah but then it's also got its musical elements and it's like it's a bit of everything which is why like I can see why I could like if someone told me it's their favorite film, I'd yeah. be like, I get it. If someone told me that they think it is the worst film that they've ever seen, I'd yeah, be like, I get that as well. I also get it. Yeah, I'm like, with you there. <laughs> but to sway it back, Gremlins is to me what that film is to other people. I think. Yeah. Well, like, I'm not saying Gremlins is because Gremlins is probably a way more popular film. I think probably than I feel like it is the Night Before Christmas. Seems like it's like quite a. I know it's a big statement. Like, no, I don't. I don't know. I think. Well, I think that Nightmare Before Christmas is definitely a lot more of a like it's niche, but most people who like it love it. Whereas, like, I think Gremlins is a little bit more of a probably about the same amount of people have watched it, but no one's got strong like no. It's it seems to be like people have a lot less strong feelings on yeah 
on Gremlins, I but think. But the thing is, and my, that's either loving or hating it. Gremlins is one of them films where until you watch it again with somebody else, you watch it through their eyes. So we watched it with our housemate and we were watching it and halfway through, you're kind of going like, oh, this film is actually, like, I know that it goes mental. When you're watching it, with someone else's eyes like he he had this idea that like it was this like fluffy cute Christmas film with these weird little monsters and I was like it kind of is and then you watch like, it and they're all they're all just like stick with it and then it just but then it becomes like indulgent doesn't it it becomes B-movie-esque at the end yeah like, it's, it's like kind a B-movie like, horror isn't it yeah it's, so it's like but that's why I think some, that's why I think Gremlins is why it's such a classic is that it's because there's pl- plenty of people trying to do Christmas horrors and stuff but there's is this tone where it's still kind of a family film and even when it gets horrible it's still kind of fun yeah. Even though it's like graphic and it's got the, it, like, it kind of blends the cheesiness of a B movie yeah. and the cheesiness of a family film quite well, which I don't yeah. think gets done that often. Yeah. I think it's yeah. And the mum goes militant. The the mum is Rambo. Mate, she <laughs> she loses her barnet, don't she? She's That's a mum. That's a mum. That's a, that's the kind of mum you want, you want to look after you, make you some pies when it's a cold day out. Yeah, because that's well. I mean, like to be honest, I actually don't think that she thought that there was any form of danger. <laughs> no. I think that she just spotted it eating a gingerbread, <laughs> a gingerbread man, and was like, "Nah, she, you listen here, son." She comes down, man. There's, she's the turning point. That's why it's good. You're watching Gremlins yet? Paint the picture. Close your eyes. So you watching? Close your eyes. <laughs> oh no, because I watched the footage back. <laughs> Close your eyes. You're watching Gremlins, yeah. And then close your eyes. <laughs> Shut your eyes. I can see you. I don't have to close my eyes. I need you to listen. I'm going to shut halfway through. Okay. You're watching... Gre- oh, no, because I look at this footage. You're watching Gremlins, yeah? It starts off and Darlene loves Christmas. The snow's going down. Comes on. It's nice. You're in a like nice little like small town on the outskirts somewhere in America and it's all cute and cozy. Ooh, and there. it kind of... You got it? And then it's sort, of, and it's sort of, it's weird because he picks up this, uh, this is good because we, we should do this more because then we can actually hear the podcast rather than see it. And then also like, you know, this kid gets his little mogwai and it's the cutest thing and he goes, mogwai! And then it's, that was good. And then it was kind of like, that was quite good. <laughs> Came out quite well. Mogwai! And then he, um, and then it's cute and it's adorable and then obviously he gets the rules about how not to treat it and you're thinking, oh no, it's going to be a bit of a like, oh, he's going to have more of them, they're going to be a bit mean and then it's going to be like a, it, it doesn't need to go that far. And then there's a point where they start hatching eggs and you're like, okay, this is a bit like weird, a bit bleak, a bit dark. And then just as it, at that turning point, the mum whacks one in a microwave. <laughs> and you're like, what are we watching? And then there's that one that comes out of the tree. And you're like, oh my Lord. Then she gets the puts sword off the blender. Let's she not put, forget about when she, she puts, puts one in a blender. Puts one in a blender and it's like, Jesus, what's she doing? She's just spinning round. She just like... That is cool, man, because that film is old as it gets. And you get this this like this proper like, old school domesticated, like living at home, cooking and cleaning mum who just just owns the film. She's easily the best part of that film where she just smashes these gremlins to pieces. She <laughs> <laughs> whacks one in a microwave, whacks one in a blender, and you're just like, whoa, she stepped it up again. <laughs> it's so good, man. I love it. It's so good. I just yeah, yeah I think Gremlins is one of those ones where like I think you know like when you because we also had this with Jingle All The Way didn't we so we'll come back to that like later but like you know when you watch through something and you kind of forget like or like not not you forget but you you're that used to parts of it that you almost go 
oh yeah, this is the film that that happens and then that happens. Yeah, yeah. And then it kind of takes you watching it either like with someone with a fresh set of eyes yeah. or like it takes you like watching it like under a different circumstance where you actually like stop and go like, I'm going to think about what scene leads into what. Yeah, yeah. And like you actually think a little bit more about the structure. But like when like when we were kids watching this film, we weren't thinking about anything no. like that. So it's so mad like watching back a film like that actually taking the time to think about it mm. when it's a weird film because we, we usually will just watch it almost like watch it like cold and just kind of be like <laughs> we're numb to it at this point because we're that used to it whereas yeah. i think like watching it with someone else kind of makes you realize like there's just so many little things that you just either don't pick up on yeah or like you know just stuff where you go like that is actually like we know it's a we know it's insane yeah but that's insane. Yeah, you look at it now, especially from like someone who's well into films now, is like, oh, that's crazy. Like, I get that it was like a bit of a bonkers film, but you look mm. at it now and you go, hang on a minute, how did they make that? Yeah. I thought that-, that, um, that And also the, the, um, the Mrs. Deagle trying to murder that dog, like all the way through it. She's <laughs> trying to murder a dog. Like Mrs. Deagle, she's kind of there and she's like, oh, like, I'm going to get your dog put down. Do you remember, do you, oh we, yeah, 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 I remember now. She wants, yeah, to, she wants to get sorry, the dog to put me. down, and then she gets fired out of, out of yeah. the window. <laughs> <laughs> they just fire her out, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> the gremlin sounds in our in our ears are great. <laughs> we should do it. We should do some. We should do animation. We should I reckon do, we'd be good we should do a B we should do a B-movie. I think we'd be good at that because we're not good at anything else. Mm. <laughs> I'm joking. Speak for yourself. Um, <laughs> I was going to say as well that it's... Um, I, I put, so I made a note of like, who's this for? Because you know like now, like filmmakers have to think so much about target audience and uh, you know, like where is it going to... You know, what specifically streaming... Like what streaming platforms are it going to end on? Who's it going to... There's so much in the way of like how the online world works and cinemas and there's so many different platforms and things for like to think about where things go. I'm assuming- like marketing in, almost becomes before the product, don't it? Yeah, like, oh, of course. And I, I don't think that, I know that was the case before, but I think it's less intense. I assume it was less intense. Hmm. And that's why you had these like more like these projects that were like anomalies. So you look at things like Gremlins and it's like, you, you've really got to like, that, that's such a random film. And I'm not saying you can't make things like that, but I just don't think you'd quite like- You'd kind of make that now, knowing that it's not going to do that well. There's less. Put it this way: I think I feel like there's less room for cult hits now because there's more stuff out there. Yeah, because that's now true. it now cult hits have to be kind of things that people actually tell over time. And I think that like now that there's that much circulating. It's like even if like a cult hit goes onto Netflix, it probably won't become a cult hit. Yeah. It will just kind of become. And by the way, I was popular for a bit and then yeah. it'll die out because like, I think. I think like with streaming, things just get a little bit more phasey yeah. as well. Yeah. But like, it is weird when you watch like Gremlins and you think like very, very cult hit. Because mm. when you look at like, like all of like, I've never seen like any of the cast in it in anything else short of. Yeah. <laughs> Mike from Breaking Bad just rocking yeah, up as Mike a from Breaking Bad in it as a police officer. <laughs> like, I have to say quickly though that I don't know if, Gremlins was a court hit. It might have smashed it back in the day. I really don't know. I just think it's, I do think it's, it feels like it if it's not. I feel like it would I be, think it is. My point being is that it would definitely be a court thing today if it was to be good and successful. It's like, it's one of the things where now, if it came out, it would be like, has anyone seen that weird film on Netflix that's tucked in the corner somewhere about these little monsters and it's, it's a bit weird and this, that, and the other. It's like, it would, it, it, 
back in the day, it might have been the only film on, you know, so you, it wouldn't doesn't need yeah. to be caught as much, I guess, when the, everyone goes to the cinema and goes to watch one of X amount of films. But it does make you think that film, who's it for? Like, it is, it is like, a, a, a kid's film that goes too far, as well as a horror film that is too light. <laughs> so it's like, what? who is this for? Like, I think it's like a teenager's, it's a great film for like a teenager. If you say, if I was like, but then probably not a teenager now because I think like nine, nine times out of ten, like they'd probably yeah. see it and be like, "Oh, that looks like a bit shoddy think, sort of thing." I think like, I was like thirteen. Like, I think I was like thirteen, fourteen. I think we were like the, the sweet time. spot for like growing up with it, weren't we? Yeah, we were like. First, I remember putting it on for the first time when I was pretty. Must have been about like eleven, and then kind of watched it a bit after that. That's my my earliest memory of watching it anyway, and that was like. It was just like, I remember just thinking like, this is cool because like things would actually get bloody and things would actually die. And I know it sounds silly, but like it wasn't so fluffy that it was like, oh, I want to see some, but it was fun enough to be graphic. It was fun enough to give me a bit of, a bit of It like, kind of gave you everything that you want to see as a teenager. Yeah. Because you'll be like, oh mate, I want to, no, I want to see like, because so, like, yeah, kids are fucked up. Yeah. Kids want to see violence yeah. a lot of the time. And it's like, it's, Whereas if you watch like a horror film when you're like, say like 12, Mm. Like and it's an eighteen. It's like you probably shouldn't have watched that. If you watch a film like Gremlins, it's like, oh, it might make you. There might be a bit in it that makes you feel weird because it's horrible because a person gets killed or whatever. Mm. But it's not going to be like it's. It's like a nice stepping stone to like a darker thing, which is not what I thought we'd be talking about on the on the Christmas podcast. But I think that's a really good like point. I like that about yeah. Gremlins. Let's move on to. <laughs> Scott William Gist. Is Die Hard a Christmas film? Answer me. Yes. Put it on the board. <laughs> Put that on the board. Why? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it just let's, is. Let's, let's break it down. You know, let's break it down. You don't have to have an answer yet. I thought we'd figure it out together. I think... That's nice. I what, like this. What, I like it when we go on a journey. It's nice, isn't it? We get there together. <laughs> this is why we... We've, it's why we have a podcast where we've got two people with the same brain. <laughs> so we can figure each other out <laughs> and in turn ourselves. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> anyway. It, what do we, you think? I think... I think it... I think it is. I, but I'm not sure and I'm going to talk about it and we'll see where we end up. So I think basically we need to figure out what constitutes a Christmas film. So what what, what makes a Christmas film? So my here's my first thing. I don't think it can just be set at Christmas. That's just a setting. It doesn't make it Christmas. It doesn't invoke the meanings or morals of Christmas. And I know that's where people lose Die Hard and say, no, it's not. But I would argue that it does have a Christmas undertone to its story because the whole film is about a man who nearly loses everything at Christmas and realises what he's got by the end. And I think there is something about that. However, it's the whole It's also point, an action film. <laughs> it's just also an action film. But it is a case of like, he he, he does, by the end, realise <clears throat> what, he's, what he's got. Hmm. And that's kind of the point. I do think, obviously, at the same time, the problem with Christmas films is that they're about quite universal themes a lot of the time because they're always about like loving someone or like looking after 
the people you care about or whatever. And that's kind of yeah, most films like, in a lot of ways, like, or a lot of films anyway. It's kind of like, well, the thing is, it's like Christmas, but if, if you were to give Christmas a theme, it'd just be nice. That's kind of about <laughs> it. And it's like, you can't just say that any film that's nice and has snow in it is a Christmas film. But I, I, I think I lean more towards the thought that like, it, like Die Hard might not be the most Christmassy film, yeah, but it kind of feels like a little bit of a good little traditional one to put on. Like it's not—I know that it's not a Christmas. You're the only film. person I know who says it's like a good little traditional one to put on for Die Hard. It is though, isn't it? Like I mean, like you know. But this is the thing: it's kind of down to each person. So like, if you, like if you, like if you are the kind of person who will just be like, oh no, I love Die Hard that much that I put it on any time of the year then it's probably not really a Christmas film to you. But mm. if you only put it on at Christmas, it's a Christmas film. Yeah. And for me, so it's, it's actually, for the person. For I, think. Me, yeah. I think that's a good, yeah, it's a good way of looking at it. I think for me, it is a Christmas film because I won't be watching Die Hard all the way through the year. Mm. I rarely get to like, I mean, to be fair, I don't ever watch Die Hard. And I don't yeah. watch many action films. Well, I do, but like, I don't typically rewatch old action films that often. Yeah. So for me, it's like, I'll watch it, but I do think that it is something that I will typically pop on at Christmas but to break away. And for me, it's to break away from all the other like lighter films at Christmas. But I, I do think, do you know yeah, what? Yeah, like it is a good way to like kind of do it. Because like the thing is, I think that it's quite important to, because if you are going to more or less say like, oh, this is my Christmas roster of films mm. and you are just watching, hey, like here's, like here's a, film about like you know buying presents and here's a film about you know being close to your family at christmas or something like that yeah. it's like you know who's gonna get shot like, yeah. <laughs> like like it kind of splits it up in the exact same way that gremlins does in some ways because yeah. it kind of goes like yeah but like i know it's christmas but where's the bloodshed but then with that <laughs> argument with that argument a film like The Holiday, which is a lighter film about love and this, that, and the other, feels more Christmassy because it's about that, but is less like Christmas. Is is less like a Christmas film in that it doesn't matter that it's set at Christmas. Yeah, and then like films like Shazam, set at Christmas, but it's loosely thread through. It's almost like, like sometimes it's like they've put it in there to give it more reason to be watched. Yeah, I think I think Shazam, it's got kind of a. I think it's kind of like a little bit of a, once again, like probably marketing thing really for Shazam. Because yeah. obviously they released it in May. Like, I think it was May anyway. Mm. There was somewhere, somewhere around that time. But then obviously that meant that the DVD release would have been at Christmas. Yeah. And then obviously like, you know, yeah, that's like clever. how much, like, you know, like for like, as far as safe family films go that you watch at Christmas that's kind of one of those sorts of films, yeah. ain't it? It's like, it might not be a Christmas film, but superhero films, Disney films, yeah. like, even like I, I was saying to you earlier on, like, La La Land reminds me of Christmas. It is not a Christmas film in the slightest. Like, yeah, it goes past winter yeah. at one point. Yeah. But like, it's not a Christmas film. Well, that's the thing, isn't but it? But I think that like, you think of it like it is. Like, I don't, well, I don't necessarily think of it like it is even, sorry. But like, I... I will think of it as one because it's like, it's a nice harmless film to watch with the family at Christmas, but it's not a Christmas film. Yeah. And so that's I, kind of what like Shazam does for itself by setting itself at Christmas. So I, I, I think as well, like, so we'll bring this in. We'll talk about this in a sec, 
because we live for it but it's a wonderful life is what is like is a film is a film that is 80 I'd say 85% of it is not set at Christmas or brings up Christmas at all but the final message happens at Christmas in the film and therefore that moment makes the whole thing feel like Christmas because it's looking at your life and bringing it to fruition, like bringing your thought process into fruition through Christmas. And I yeah. think that's kind of similar to, I know it sounds silly, but a bit like what Die Hard does. <laughs> <laughs> because that's kind of what it like is. It's, 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 and, and it's like, I never thought I'd hear that, yeah, but, but like, I get it. <laughs> but it's like, but like, It's a Wonderful Life is 100% a film you can watch any other time, but I choose to watch it at Christmas because it is a wholesome film that makes me think about, it's like, and it's, do you know what it is? There's something Family, about- Family, what you've got and like this. I've got it. So it's also because at Christmas, every year at Christmas, everyone and the new year, everyone rethinks what they've got, what matters to them, what they want to change about them. It's like, that's a big part of that process for a lot of people is like stopping the year and looking at what's next for you and what you're going to leave and what you're going to rechange. You know, people come out of relationships, they they, uh, fall out with friends, they they meet someone they care about, they realise something they want to change in their lives and then they get to Christmas and they go, that's the time where they stop and go, that's what I'm going to do next year. I'm going to start focusing on that about myself. And I think that like these, these films become part of that process for a lot of people. This is so deep, but this is just for people who love films. You'll sit down and you'll watch some of these films and you, you, you sometimes watch them because they are fun, obviously, but the films that have got like a deeper meaning that you put on at Christmas, you put on, you'll put on a, it's a wonderful life because it's a film about looking at your life and making you think about what you've, what you've got. That's what it does. That's what, mm. that's what, you know, the, the Grinch kind of has that a similar sort of message as to like, you know, look at who, look, look at, at where are. your values are and where you want to change. Cause that's the thing yeah, is, stop like, being I like this about, you start to see a lot of happiness in your life. Sort of a thing. lot of it's a, a lot of, a lot of Christmas films are about kind of, I know it's a little bit of a vague term, but like they're kind of about realization. Yeah, exactly. And every film to a degree is about, is going to have a moment, any good film it's going to have a moment where a character realises something if it's set at Christmas. Mm. That's probably a bit of a big statement, but you know what I mean? That kind of thing where like a, a character is going to be like, oh, I realise what well, I miss my, <laughs> I, I love my wife. I can't, I, I can't die or I need, I've got so much to live for or I've got, oh, I need to start doing more of this and more of that. There's realisation in every film if a character is ever going to change. So I think it's basically a case of what you take from Die Hard. If you just think Die Hard's, if you just think Die Hard's a ruthless action film, which it is, and then it's got some, it's kind of set at a Christmas party and that's it, which is very fair if you think that, by the way. Yeah. You, you probably don't, you probably don't think it's a Christmas film, but you like the fact that it's set at Christmas and you pop it on at Christmas. But I think in terms of like, what warrants a Christmas film for me is, does that make me think about the values, the values of Christmas? This year when I watched it, I did notice that him and his like, like his like wife and how he's like going to, you know, he kind of like realizes what he wants to give back to his wife and stuff. I found that to be like, that's a Christmas message. He just learns it through killing loads of terrorists. <laughs> I think and it at is. at the end of the day, isn't that what Christmas is all about? <laughs> it's not, obviously like anything, it's open to interpretation. So a definitive yeah. answer is never going to be, is never going to be found. But I, I think that Die Hard kind of is a Christmas film. Yeah, I, I, I think that for me it is. I think it is open to interpretation, but for me it is because I would only watch that film at Christmas and I do think it is partly to do with the story. 
I do think it's not like, do you know what? Just, I don't know why I've not said this yet, but I don't actually like Die Hard that much. <laughs> I know it looks hard to believe. <laughs> but like, but what it is, is for me is I, I find it funny that it is a Christmas film to me. I think, and I like that about it. I and think I think one think of my favourite things about Die Hard and whether or not it's a Christmas film is the people who are very, very, very passionately against it being it is, a Christmas film. Yeah. Right, so next film up is... This is a lot of uh, favourite for a lot of people, which is the same with most of these, but Love Actually. Now, Love Actually is a heavily flawed film, but I just don't care. I could talk for hours about the things that are wrong with it and how stupid some of it is and how the level of... I find that... I think what I... Here's my thoughts on Love Actually and then I'll ask what what yours are as well because obviously I'm sure you've got some things to say. But I think that Love Actually is one of the things where depending on how sentimental I'm feeling and how much I can be bothered for cheese, it ticks the right amount of boxes, whatever it is. I think there's something good about how inconsistent it is. Some of the stories in it are a bit like, oh, that's too much. Some of them are like actually genuinely quite funny and there's like, like you know, Bill Nye's character who just like pairs off with his manager and he's like, let's get pissed and watch porn. <laughs> like he's, like, when I'm in like a grumpy mood, like he's the one I relate to or when yeah. you're in like a, a, like a loving mood with your, with your family and friends or whatever, it's like, I don't know, depending on what you're feeling that year, you get something else from Love Actually. And I think that that's kind of like its problem is that it's very inconsistent and there's too many stories in there, way too many stories. But... I think that no matter what mood I'm in, I'll find something to watch. And I love the fact that it's set in the UK during Christmas and it's like a London-based UK film. And Hugh Grant's the Prime Minister. That should be like a bad thing, but I just, I eat that up at Christmas, man. I love yeah. It. I think that's one of those things where like, if I heard that there was a Hugh Grant biopic Prime Minister film coming out, I wouldn't want to see it. But in Love Actually, I really appreciate that. Almost as much as I appreciate this second glass of Paul. Oh yeah, splash, splash, splash. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so I think like with uh, Love Actually for me, I think like I think you've kind of hit the nail on the head. To be honest, like I think that it's very much like you can you can watch it, and no matter what mindset you're in, like the year, yeah, like. If you're going through a breakup, starting a new like relationship, or if you're just yeah, single true. and content, yeah, like it's not catering towards one that's because very, it shows that's all. That's a very good point. Including stuff like you know, you know, like like stuff like affairs. Yeah, like, I mean, me and you were kind of talking. Like, I was, I think, I was saying it to you before, but I was like, if you took, like, you know, because of the fact that they're just like, you know, like Colin Firth's in it, and then he just he just like fucks off to Europe. Yeah. <laughs> like you've got like, um, and you've got like, someone, does someone, someone else? Oh yeah. Um, uh, I can't remember his name, but Nick from my family. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. I don't know his name. The only other thing. Colin, his name's in Colin in the, in the film. His name's Colin in the film and then Colin Firth's in it. <laughs> yeah. So, so the two Collins go abroad. Yeah. But like, um, like, and I kind of remember thinking at that point, I was like, there's, you know, there's there's a few little things in here that are kind of reminding me a little bit of a Woody Allen film. Like it's got its affairs, yeah. it's got its like traveling the world kind of vibe. Mm. Like you've got like like nice actors in like different places and like countries and stuff like yeah. that. And it's just like it's good for that. Yeah. I think that it's really good for that reason. I think like but like I think that whatever you're going through that year, it kind of does everything 
for you. So it's like if you kind of feel down in the dumps, yeah, that's it picks true. You up. I agree with that. I if you that. are like you know getting all loved up, like it kind of gives you that yeah side feeling, of it yeah. as well. And it even deals with like shit like affairs. Yeah, like if you're having a good old affair. <laughs> yeah, if, if, I mean, is, is there, is there something in there if, for if you're the person having the affair? Does it lend itself to that person? I don't think so. Mm. But I. So that's where I don't think that that wants to. <laughs> no, you deserve a bad Christmas. I think I think that I think that that's Woody Allen's job. Yeah, yeah. Like, Woody <laughs> Allen makes affairs seem really great. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, oh, she's having an affair. And it's like, oh, it's great. <laughs> like, they're having the time of their lives. And they're like, oh yeah, my wife doesn't know, but it's fine, and we're gonna end it. And then they do, and then they move on. But it's like, okay because okay. my wife's also having an affair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone's just having affairs left, right. I um. I, who I, did you who did you relate to the most yeah, this a, year? That's a good question. Because I, I'm wondering if it's the same. Who was yours? I think it was like you know the Bill Nye and manager. Yeah, but it's like I felt like that's me. <laughs> yeah. and you. I always feel like because <laughs> if I end up because we ended up single at Christmas. Now let's get pissed and watch Love Actually. Yeah, we're just like a, we're like, a, we're like an unofficial relationship, aren't we? Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, it, it definitely is. It definitely, yeah. That is. I mean, that's hundred percent the one I relate to the most usually. Yeah. So it usually ends up being you. you I say this to you, you every year, though. You turn out to be the fucking love of my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's how like upset he is by it, and it's like that is our dynamic, really, isn't it? It's like, I'll come into the, to watch Paul. It's like I'll be cooking you dinner or something. I'm like, oh, I think my brother's my wife. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I always relate to them. I always relate to different things and different people, as you always do. Yeah. Do you know the the, the storyline that I always. Um, I think the one that kind of gets most people is Emma Thompson. Yeah. And Alan Rittman's one where he buys the necklace for the... That's the one that I always remember. That's the most emotionally like, heavy one, I think. Even though it's like not like a very prominent, like it's not always on them. Because obviously it kind of like mishmashes between like a bunch of them anyway. But like I kind of think that like I remember that before I remember that Hugh Grant's in it. Really, I always think of Hugh Grant when I think of Love Actually. No, I think like I think of Alan Rickman. Ant and Decker in it for a second. I always think of that for some reason. Yeah, um, I remember I, that and the kid from. What, Love what Actually. Is he <laughs> he's the, the kid, kid from Love Actually. He is the kid from Love Actually. He's in yeah. the Queen's Gambit. He's, and stuff. he's in. He was in. Well, the thing is, he was in. Um, <laughs> he was in um, Game of Thrones for a bit. Oh, okay. And then I just remember thinking of him as the kid from Love Actually. In Game and of then Thrones. it's weird when I go. The kid from Love Actually, he's the one who's in he's a kid from Game, of Game of Thrones, but he's just not that big a character in Game of Thrones. So I, 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 I always say it to you, don't I, that, that like it's this is gonna sound just like if anyone doesn't know me, although it doesn't matter really, but like he's gonna think this I'm overdoing this. But there's a line in there's a bit in Love Actually where she tells Alan Rickman to be careful. And I love that line so much. Yeah. I don't know why. I think there's there's just that moment where she goes she goes, oh, that girl at your work's really pretty. And he's just like, is she? <laughs> is she? He's like, is she? And, he, and he's like, and it, I just like the way she cuts him down and she's just like, you know who she is. And and she goes, be careful. And walks off. And you're just like, I just think that that is like... It is quite strong. It's quite I strong. Think, I think her delivery on it's really good. Yeah. I, I, like you, you were saying, weren't you, that like, you, you think that the filmmaker didn't even know how good that line I was think until... Does. I think he probably does. I hope he does. <laughs> I think it's just I think that's one of the ones where it's like when you look at the script, that's probably exactly how he pictured yeah, it. How yeah, he like it, it came off forever. Yeah. I just like the fact that uh, uh, they're because they're, they're married as well. I just like the fact that she's not 
it's not like a whinge and argument. It's just this moment where she's she she trusts him. They've got a relationship where she gives him enough space because they're married. It's not like a young relationship or this obsessive thing. It's like yeah. she she's fallen onto this thing and she's she can't she can't live in stress, but she's, you know, she's nice. She's not like obsessing over things, but she is getting worried and she has to just tell him to be careful because she knows she'll find out eventually anyway. I think it's like a, it's like, I'll find out, you know, kind of way. It's like, you know, like it's like, look, I already know that you find her attractive. It's not even like, it's not even like I think one of the things that's really like strong about it is like, it's just the right level of like, it's not quite accusational to the point where you go like, oh, she's being crazy. So it yeah, puts you yeah, in like, that's what I mean. Basically, it puts you on her side more because yeah. if she just lost her shit because he's yeah, like, exactly. oh, she's not pretty, then you'd be like, you'd be rooting for Adam Rickman to just yeah. get with the. Well, that's the kind of problem with Love Actually, one. is it because it's because it's so because it's so dense with characters, it doesn't have time to have them be so complex. Mm. It you don't have time. I know it sounds silly, but you don't have much time to. Like for example, there's obviously a reason that Alan Rickman's character has started to look elsewhere because he's not happy in his marriage. But it'd be good to know why. I know some people do just don't care, but it'd be good to kind of like yeah. have that moment where I don't. If I'm right, anyway, there's not really a moment in the film where you see why Alan Rickman's yeah. being a bit. He's just a bit yeah. like like she she. I don't know. He is fed up with her for a reason, and they've, or they've, they've, they're struggling with this at the minute. And but then that's this what Woody Allen's for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the thing. That's the thing. I think like Love Actually is kind of like. It's more for, it's more for like, I don't know. It's kind of like, it, like it kind of, because it is juggling that many stories. I think that that's kind of its blessing and its yeah, curse. Yeah, so, yeah. It's like, it's it's good because without all those stories, like, because because everyone's one got of the one's favourites. So one of the ones that could easily be cut out from it without anything changing about the rest of the film is the Bill Nye and the manager yeah. one. Yeah, that's the one that me and you probably like have related well, the, to the, the most. The, on I this think the thing would have actually though is that because all the stories are the, are the same of importance, all of them could be cut out. Yeah, I don't think that it's like oh that one's dead. I think it's like they're all kind of like they can work without. Yeah. you might like ones more than others, but they you can cut out you cut out the the two that are doing the sex um, scenes together. Yeah, and that film go. that film could go. Colin could go. You could, you could you could easily chop that film down. Yeah, to be fair, any of those scenes, any any of them could go. But my point is that with a fact that like any of them could go, it's like then you'd lose the fact that it is for everyone. Yeah, that's true. So it's kind of like it's good for that. Yeah, but like, yeah, it's, it's I know what you mean. You, okay, you yeah. do sometimes just want a little bit more time with some of them because you're like these are the really strong ones, and it's like I like I could honestly I could probably like watch like a whole extra like 20 minutes odd on Emma Thompson's story yeah. and watch like an extra like 20 minutes on Bill Nye's story. But then it would make it like a three hour film. I it's think already the two, a relatively I think the two long best stories in it is. are probably Emma Thompson's and Liam Neeson's. Yeah, probably. I think Liam Neeson's story where he's like, his wife's died and he's teaching his kid how to love. I think that's a really nice like I think that'd be like a really good short film or something. Like a really good short film where a guy's son, like uh, a guy's wife passes away and he's given up on everything, obviously. And then his, his son is at the point of his life where he wants to meet someone. And it's like, oh, for God's sake. You know, like he, you know, the, the older man has to teach the younger kid how to 
love when he's not got it in him and I think there's like they learn a lot from each other and that's a nice short story it's a really, really like yeah that. that's I think that's one of the strongest ones yeah I think also it's quite weird knowing that obviously like you know because they you know how they obviously like kind of used characters to transition and stuff like yeah. that like I think one of the ones that they do is um Emma Thompson is like oh I know she's Hugh Grant's brother in it ain't she but she's like best mates or like something with yeah Liam Neeson yeah and it's like I'd love to see, I'd almost, I almost think that Love Actually could have been, it would have been a much less universal film and probably a much like not as good film for Christmas, mm. but it would have probably been a better film if they'd have just went like, these are the two stories that are going on. Because you know, most, most times that you like watch either like an episode of something yeah. or you watch like a film, usually there's the main story yeah. and then the cutaways. It's like kind of like Jurassic Park, you've got like, Sam Neill yeah. and then you've got like what the kid or oh, no the kids are kind of with him at that point but like there's <laughs> I don't you know, you know mean, what I mean yeah. like they'll they'll cut away to the other characters because that's the side story that's going on and it's like I think that almost they could have made like a perfect film with just them two as like just their stories yeah even. but like I agree I also do really like the fact that they just like they cram so much in yeah. that they're like this is just, this is everything. Whatever you need, we've got it. That, that's the thing though, isn't it? Because like, I think there's always this need for like, oh, great characters, great this, great that. And it's like, well, I, that is obviously true. And you do lose a bit of that in a film that has this many of them. Of course you do. And it, yeah. But there is something about the fact that it gives you a lot and you can take what you want from it. And it's, I like that about it. And I think if you're going to watch, I think basically sometimes the problem with films that do lack in intense like character studies the problem with films like that is that you watch a film that's a big character study and it's, it's you watch it the once and you get a lot from it. Films like this, like Love Actually, it kind of tricks itself because it's like, what's clever about it is that you watch it every year or that it's designed for people to watch and, like you say, bring different things to it. So fundamentally, people always forget that the like there's the film and there's you watching the film. And if every year you watch that film and you're in a different mindset, a different circumstance, a different point of view, you're going to create connections between those characters off the screen so even though there's a lot going on it's like what is it doing for you as an individual is the most mm. important thing like any film so rather than watch so for example you watch Die Hard and it's about a guy who like wants to you know get wants to get out so he can see his wife sort of thing and it's like mm, I don't have a wife I don't know what it's like to fight terrorists I don't care and that's why a lot of people won't care but I might find something in Love Actually that I like one year then the following year I might find something else and I might notice two similarities between them unconsciously yeah. in my head so I think basically the more and more times you watch Love Actually and I know this is a bit deep but the more and more times you watch Love Actually the more you basically get from it because it gives you different perspectives of love that's its yeah. whole thing isn't it because it, like, it deals really kind of... well with like the different types of love as well though because yeah. like you know like I say with um, you know with um, like Bill Nye's that's a little bit more about like being like single and having a really good friend but then it also deals with fa with like family dynamic and like mm. sometimes not in the easiest circumstances with yeah i can't remember her name i always struggle to remember her name Who, who's um she she's like she she's the one who's got a crush on carl the guy with like the long hair and like the glasses i know the who you mean because i know she's in um i feel like her name she's like, in truman show but i can't remember her name yeah that is yeah so her she I can uh, you you fact check the name and I'll go over like the sort of story for it, but it's like 
because she kind of um she runs through it all like she she um like it sort of it starts off and it looks like it's going to be very much along the lines of um her name's Laura Linney Laura and Linney. she plays Sarah 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 yeah. Sarah fancies Carl isn't yeah. it so like but it starts off and it looks like it's very much going to be like a oh look this is kind of like your like standard boy meets girl like that's where you think it's going to go but then it's actually more about the love for her brother mm. than it is about hers is her the only office fling hers is the one of the main like sad ones isn't it really so sad yeah. it depends how you look at it but she like she can't really do it because she cares for her brother too much and yeah. it's like and he and he gets in the way of her life and that's kind of sad actually but I like, I like, that's, but it is, that's a nice but story. there is also like something in that about like the just like it shows love in different dynamics and like not shows even, that what not she even does love is, is a good thing like not a good thing but not as love as like a falling in love all the time I don't know because like, I'd still say it's like a good thing. no it is I mean it is in like I mean it is in like she's like she's got a hard relationship with her brother but that's what wins rather than it being like falling in love and not everyone is just falling in love with the next person it's like there's this person who mm. actually cares for someone who, who she adores who's her brother and it's a hard time but she has to choose that because that's what I think that one doubles down a little bit to be honest like I think that like while it does do that it's like it kind of it shows you the sort of like I feel like you can probably relate like there can be like different ways that you relate to her so there can be that like you know that that difficult dynamic or whatever that you sort of see from the like brother, but like you can see more like what I'd say that I see more in it that I think is quite good is that something can still get in the way. Like, and that's not the end of the world because yeah. she's still got him. Yeah. Thing. And it's like, it's, yeah, it's, quite, like it's nice for that. Yeah, it's sweet. Like it's got its own, it's, that's the thing. It's like, I think that each character has also got about like five different, like, like each character's probably got about two lessons you can learn from. And when they've got like about 50 odd characters, yeah. so there's actually like about a hundred lessons in, yeah, yeah. in um, Love Actually, which yeah. I think is really strong to be honest. Yeah, like, that's the thing, that isn't it? It does a lot. The more I talk about Love Actually, and I know we've been banging on about it for ages, yeah. but the more I've kind of went like, it started off being one of those films where I go, nah, it's just Love well, Actually, it's, 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 the, it's good. I'm it's not the that saying of like, like now that I think about it, I go, actually, I love it. It's, it's, I, I love Wee. it. I, I, I know it's not perfect, but I do love it. It's one of those films where like, I think it is throw enough shit and it will stick. But I also think it's like, it's it's so festive and there's so much being thrown at you that you can relate to. I do think it's one of those things that gets away with what it is. Yeah. Because of what, I think it's a bit of an anomaly in itself that it's a Christmas film once again. So it you, you kind of excuse it a little bit. Some of the slightly dodgy dynamics, you're a bit like, mm, I'll let that go. Like the whole thing where like the guy's like in love with his mate's girlfriend and he's like turning oh, up yeah. <laughs> and he's like turning up outside our house and like um playing Christmas carols and stuff like that. It's like that's sweet in film contexts, but if if you turn up outside your mate's girlfriend's house and was telling her that you love her, then she came out and gave you a kiss. Even though in the film the kiss is like a I know this in is never line. I know this is never gonna work, but bless you and you are a nice person. What, what like it really almost looks like she, a kiss that's supposed like in, in film context that kiss is like there's going to be someone out there for you yeah. it's just not me yeah but here's a kiss but at the same time in real time, life, it'd in like, real life it's like you're my why, best mate <laughs> <laughs> why'd you kiss me mate yeah <laughs> oh no he just, he just came up he's been like 
I also, know... I found the wedding video. Yeah, yeah. Where am I? Yeah, <laughs> he's been filming you. <laughs> he's, been he's been filming you for like three years, <laughs> and you just necked him. <laughs> yeah. How long have you known about this? Well, I've known about it for ages. And then he came over here tonight, and then he told me not to tell you. Wink, wink. He played some music, so we couldn't know. It was really romantic. It's one of the most romantic f- uh, moments in this film. Why don't you do things like that? Hey, why don't you do things like that? <laughs> Hang on a minute. <laughs> Oh, hang on a minute I'm going to go and be with the guy from Walking Dead because he puts in a shift and that's the ending of Love Actually <laughs> like they skip the whole nativity yeah. they just go yeah okay you get a headache at the end of Love Actually when they all start turning up at the um, airport and you're like for God's sake how many of them are there like who's who who knows who they're all like oh by the way I know you and you know me and you they also introduce new characters there yeah. as well. like they, just, yeah. they just randomly bring up Nadia from the yeah, American, from American Pie, Pie yeah. I can't remember her name but that girl who's in a lot of other films yeah <laughs> good film I enjoyed Love Actually I always do so let's... you on that poor don't you big boy right so that brings me on to The Grinch so for us, the, the the original Grinch is like is like one of like it's a two or three. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> because... every, like you know every family has that one that they watch every year religiously. Me and my friends, like me and but all, you me discover and all the lads. more as you go on. Yeah, but like I think like everyone's kind of got that one where like they probably watched it as a kid, loved it, and then every year. Like the the parents were like, you like that one, and like yeah. puts it back on, and then like you I know just, as time goes on, it's like even growing up to yeah. be an adult, you go. Yeah, I had like, such good memories of like quoting it. Not only with you, like you, like obviously the brothers, and then like with like mates Haggis and Edwards. Like I can just remember them too specifically. Like we used to just rinse it, like just quoted everything in that film. The thing that I think is amazing about I have the- a friend called Max, and I'm sure that he's bored <laughs> of me like just shouting at him. Like, like so he is the dog. <laughs> See, I, I thought the animation one was pretty good, actually. Like, in terms of, like, visually, it was amazing to look at, and it was really nice. I don't think he was as, like, horrible. That's or, actually, like, detestable like, there's a little Jim bit Carrey. Of, yeah. There's a little bit of a thought that I kind of had whilst I was watching it, which is, like, it's really strange how, like, Illumination, for the fact that it is, like, an animation studio can still not do a face that is as, as animated as Jim Carrey's. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's a good point. Because this is just, yeah. like, he, he he's just got the most rubbery face ever. And when you put him in rubber, it's just, you, yeah. you're doubling down. <laughs> so do you know what? I, I think, um, with the thing with the Grinch that I think is a few, well, I mean, I've, I've got a lot to say about the Grinch, but it's like, I think one of the most impressive things about it is that, like, he was one of the first, like, I don't sound silly, but like, depressed characters I'd ever watched. And I laughed at him because he, that's what the film makes you do. He's funny and you laugh at him. And it just shows you what you can do with comedy, which sounds super deep, but for, to make a kid's film about a depressed person and they're funny because they're so grumpy and miserable. And then by the end of it, it uses humor to make you go, oh, bless him. Like, and he is like, he, he yeah. is just broken. It's like, it was actually quite like, I, like he, let's just quickly get this out of the way. Like Jim Carrey pulls that film along. Like I'm not saying the film's not good, but like it, he is so much better than everything else around him in the way that like he 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 really is like the glue that holds that film together. Like 100%. everything, like every like everything else in it is like very capable, very good. Like they actually do have like some really good like supporting cast and everything, and like the the look of it, like they make the world look pretty strong, and like the makeup department yeah. also I think gets overlooked a yeah. lot. In I film. do I do think it looks a bit. It's dated, 
is my one, my biggest nitpick with the Grinch. But then obviously like, I know it's 20 years old now, so it's going to, I found this really hard. I wrote a review for it on our um, blog and I found it really hard to word. Do you know what you were saying? Like there's a 20 year old Christmas film that's aimed at kids and you're going, it looks silly now. And it's like, yeah, it does. But like my problem with it, my problem with it was that like, I feel like it's hard to say, but it's like, even though it's 20 years old and it's, it's silly, it doesn't feel real. And that sounds like, well, yeah, it's a it's set in a place called Whoville, Joe, and it's 20 years ago. It's going to look off now. But it does look like everything looks plastic. And I remember back in, when I was a kid, I probably believed it a little bit more. But like, I just There are feel certain like- things that I'd say, less so in like the makeup, but more in like, you know, like the scenery itself, where it's like, they'll be carrying things that look mm. like they are just big, big light props. Yeah, and you're like you don't know what the, what strength the who's yeah, are. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like a good example is you know where there's that big massive like pile of like presents that they've got. Yeah, yeah. And like I think like half of them just like fall down. It's like I don't know if they quite yeah. that like they didn't look into like the gravity of it. Yeah, but I, I don't think it. Like, it doesn't. But I think it's the color palette as well. Like, I was surprised watching it back. Like the color palette, like the whole the color of it looks like a bit like blue, like a bit like it's a bit off. Do you know what it reminded me of like Batman and Robin? Like where like the light is like there's points in it mm. where like the light is just coming out of nowhere. There's just like a big beam of green light, and you're like, "Where's?" I, I know that I know that I'm sounding a bit deep because it doesn't have to be so like, "Oh, what, what's that mean?" What? But it, there is just like literally like a beam spotlight of green light in the middle of nowhere. And you're like, "What's that doing there?" Like you don't realize it until you realize how well made of some some films are. But it just felt way more like a set and or like a stage show or whatever. I was, that was actually the point which isn't I was always a say, problem like, I'd, I'd say that there's an argument for it where like because Jim Carrey's very very theatrical in it mm. like it kind of adds to that to some ways because like, I know that like when there's usually like a big beam of like green light if I remember if I'm remembering right it's kind of like for him isn't it yeah like which it yeah, do, yeah it do, don't get me wrong these sound like I have bigger problems with them than what they do but I did notice it and go this is this is like I can see like how much we've moved on from like some of these little things that you know you take for granted. So like, just the color of it, that the, the way it looked felt way more fake than I remembered. And it, I, like and things like I never even noticed like the green screen. There's a bit the bits where he's on top of the roof. The green screen looks so bad, and I'd never noticed it in in my life. Like I just always thought the Grinch was like one in films where it looks kind of the same every year, you know? Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I love the Grinch. The, the, it has one of my favourite lines in a. Well, there's a few good quotes. There's, there's so many good ones to the point where I'm like, I'm wondering which one you're going to go with. So one of my favourite bits in it is where the girl asks him what the true meaning of Christmas is, and he comes through the tree and he goes, "Vengeance." <laughs> <laughs> it's just like Jesus I mean, Christ. Present. <laughs> yeah. He's like, what, what's the true meaning of Christmas? He's like, "Vengeance." <laughs> now it's like so aggressive like why like it's not even like a light word or like it's like <laughs> vengeance like it's vengeance like is like the worst word for it or the best in that scenario you know. <laughs> vengeance <laughs> it's just one of the most like harsh sounding words that like anyone has ever uttered yeah yeah vengeance he's like what's the true meaning of Christmas and he just pokes his head through this tree and goes vengeance and then there's a bit where I mean present <laughs> present so he based his I found out the other day that he based his um, voice off of Sean Connery I, I, the, the thing is Sean it's Connery. so weird hearing that I've watched sense. it that much yeah but it does make sense how amazing is that when you realise it yeah it's because I'm green isn't it <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I like I like um, 
it, uh, he comes he comes out of the shoot and he goes another man's toxic sludge is another man's potpourri and the dog barks and he goes I don't know it's some kind of soup <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, like that. that's one of those ones that like, I think just went over my head so many times like, I don't know it's, it's some kind of soup so <laughs> it's just like it's just quick it's so yeah. fast there's some really good bits or like am I just eating because I'm bored <laughs> and he just eats the bottle and goes mm, excellent yeah, excellent, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like he does the bit where he tries on the dress and he's like ooh ah ooh that's it I'm not going <laughs> I really like uh, oh, I'm trying to think of it there's so many quotes in it he's like blast this Christmas music it's joyful and triumphant <laughs> <laughs> just, if just, you utter more than one syllable <laughs> I will hunt you down and gut you like a fish <laughs> if you'd like to fax me press a star key <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's good <laughs> There's so many good quotes. But that's the thing they make. I think I think that's one of the things that I've run into with like, you know, the new the new Grinch is like I, I don't know if it's nostalgia mm. or if it's like Jim Carrey or if it's like just that it is that good a film. But like I just couldn't I don't think I don't think if they made like the animated Grinch like perfect, like even if they made it perfect. I still probably wouldn't like it as much as yeah, the Jim yeah. I do. I do think the good thing about the the, the the Jim Carrey one is that you feel what you're supposed to be feeling a bit more. I feel like there's when you first introduced to him, he is creepy. The first thing you get is like they don't show him properly, and then the first shot you see of the Grinch is that that horrible, famous smile that he does. Yeah, and then like he's also like genuinely mean, like he wants to like kill the girl and things like like he is horrible. Like he is, he is. You do kind of fear as a kid anyway. You fear him quite a lot. Yeah. And then you start to realise that there's more to there's him. more to him and that he's actually a broken person. And I think that's like I, I just think that's a really powerful thing it's to be telling the, it's kids. It's one of the best, like it might be one of the best, like, sort of Christmas messages that's mm-hmm. like been put on like films and stuff like that, where it's like yeah. kind of about like like it's actually still like how beautiful is that little bit at the end? It's like it's cheesy as fuck. But mm-hmm. like, you know, that bit at the end where it's like, no one should be alone at Christmas. They're just there like Oh, oh! <laughs> I think he does like he does like that weird smile as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's nice. It is, it's it's good, man. Jim Carrey just he commits. The thing is, it's so easy to overlook. I would put this in my review as well. It's so easy to look at everything he does as just stupid and not actually see how much he's doing while he's doing it. It's like even when you like just just looking at how like over the top his movements are you know just like I'm just thinking of like one shot where he's doing the conga and you can see everyone else who's in it yeah and obviously he's the grumpy one and he's like mm. ah fine I'll do it yeah and he's like but he's like proper like he's like proper going for it yeah. with, with like the conga yeah to the point where it just makes him stand out all the time like he he, he didn't need to be in green makeup to stand out in that film mm. because he's just that yeah that's a good point like I've, yeah, I, th- I think I think he's, I think it's very easy because he's also telling jokes that are for kids and adults. Mm. He's balancing being detestable, hilarious, kind of cute. Sometimes you kind of go, "Oh, bless him!" And there's, there's there's all these things that he's balancing that you don't realize he's balancing almost because he's just doing such a good job. But he and makes, he's also he, doing everything because you'd think that like you'd think that because of the fact that he's trying to balance a bunch of subtleties that that would just get lost yeah. because he's being over the top. But yeah. it kind of works, the fact that he's being over the top and keeping, yeah. somehow keeping yeah, the subtleties he's like, in there. he's got it in there. But that's the thing, like, it's like, it, that takes some doing. Like, you don't realise that, I guess, and, and 
until you'd replace him for somebody else. And you'd be like, okay, like he's he's just horrible or he's just this. It's like he does so he's, much. He's probably one of like, out of all the films that we've like sort of spoke about, like Christmas films, he is probably one of the strongest chosen like cast. Yeah, oh mate, yeah, completely. Like, strongest that, that casting went, that like... Yeah, I don't think that film would quite have the legs that it does if it wasn't for him. I think there's other people that could do a good job. I do think he's very... I just think he's well cast. Who like, could you who could you imagine? Maybe like Mike Myers. You know what? That's Someone probably like that. what I'd go with. But like at the same time, I don't know if that's just because I'm thinking of Cat in the Hat. I think I do. Think me, Mike, similar. I do think Mike Myers has got a good like thing. He's got a, like a face. Like you're watching Austin Powers, where you're like, Ooh. I know you're <laughs> laughing at me. Yeah. Like he's like being silly, and you're like laughing at him, but it's just like I know, I know this is stupid, and he carries on. You know what I mean? It's he's that kind of comedian where. He's got he's got his tongue in his cheek without having to physically put his tongue in his cheek. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Possibly Will Ferrell. Possibly. Possibly, yeah. But I Jim don't know Carey, how we'd be able to do the same faces I still that Jim Carrey think, can I still do. think Jim, Jim Carrey, Carrey would is always the right be the, the the one though. I think like well, that's the thing. I still think Jim Carrey is the like. But you were the, saying, weren't you? It's probably like an obvious choice because it's like coming from like Mask. It's like yeah, when you look at Mask and it's like. Who we're gonna to get to play the Grinch? Perfect casting choice. It's him. Yeah, <laughs> he's we've we've literally already seen him in Green. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a, it's such a stupid film, but I really like it. I mean, we've we've just watched it for so many years. I didn't realize Anthony Hopkins was the voice, the narrator. It's so mad. that's a huge step. I get uh, apparently came in and filmed it in a day, like or filmed it, recorded himself in a day, which is great. Imagine being like someone who just turns up, and just like re- reads reads the script to the the narration to the Grinch, and then that's it. That's just like you're just that's your job, you know, for life. You're known as that sort of thing. Well, we always forget about what's it called as well, don't we? We always forget about the fact that it's Ron Howard who directed it. Yeah, like, yeah that's just not that. a thing. That I but then ever he's much remember. bigger now than he was. So I guess it's like at the time it, sense, it wasn't yeah. like, like in twenty years he's done like loads of films. But yeah. just like, you know, but like it's like because um because I was also talking to you about the fact that like um it's really weird when you watch it back and you kind of see people and you go I think I recognise them but then obviously because they're in like that much makeup it's like you're kind of almost going off of like the eyes yeah. And nothing else because like you can't like get a grasp of like what no shape they've got because yeah. they've all got those like pointy like yeah. who noses and stuff like that. But it's like like Bryce Dallas Howard's in it for like about a second. But you would never spot her because A, she's an extra and mm. she wasn't that big at the time. <laughs> but like, well, it's because um, it's his daughter. Yeah. So he could put a load of um family members in it and stuff. But they they like the thing is I kind of forget in a in a weird way, I know it's Jim Carer, but it's like a weird thing where I kind of forget it at the same time. Because it just doesn't, it does feel like a character. But there's, it's a weird mixture of a, of a role that because you've got someone who only Jim Carrey could do it like that. So you can't help but know that it's Jim Carrey at the same time as it does feel like a character and not Jim Carrey because it's so specific. Yeah. Like, when I'm looking at his face specifically, I'm looking at it and I'm like, I don't see Jim Carrey in there. <laughs> yeah, even though I know he's in there, he's acting in a way where. I you can, you can there, see, you can see, see his like motions more as Jim Carrey more yeah. than you can actually see it in his face, face because yeah. he's just like he's green. He's got the extra nose and stuff like yeah. that. It's like nothing about him looks like Jim Carrey. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's that thing though where like comedy actors just don't tend to receive like nods at like big award things and stuff. But I I think like it sounds so deep. But I think like that that his performance as Grinch is like 
so underrated in the way of like what he does with that role. Because if you remove him, it's because I think nine times out of ten, even like when people talk about how much they love him in it, they are still laughing it off. Mm. No one talks about the the reasons why they're good, other mm. than they're funny. Yeah, and that's what and I think. Like, happens no, like you're with funny. Like, it's funny because like you're, he's he's managed yeah. to make that character so relatable, despite how like silly he is and how like. Like fundamentally, when you meet him, he's a horrible person, and you by the end of the film, you like you, you care for him, and you, it, like, it's he, like he's it's a pretty good arc. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. It's the thing is though, it's really weird. Like analyzing Grinch like this, yeah, to the point where it's like you know most people like like even me like nine times out of ten, and probably you like nine times out of ten would probably go like. Ah, look, it's just a silly. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a, I think that's something that we Christmas should. Film, I think that's something like, we should quickly address to the yeah, cameras. Like, is, that, is that me and Scott sit down and talk on the podcast because it makes good chit chat. But when we sit and watch a film, we watch them like most people and go, "That's good." <laughs> yeah, like, like <laughs> when we finish, like this, like this isn't a conversation that we had no. when we were watching <laughs> The Grinch. No, we literally were just like watching it and being yeah, like, "I don't overthink." We, it. we were just watching things and then quoting them before they happened. Yeah. That was all that was happening. When we were originally watching. It. Sounded loud, didn't it? That plane. It anyway, did for a minute. So that, the, 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 <laughs> the thing for us is that, like, we we um, it's like a, it's like anything. Like once you get the ball rolling, you start cooking something up. You know, like we like we'll finish watching a film. And I go, oh, I really enjoyed that. And at the under that moment, I don't immediately we don't know, really know why. I might know a little thing. Like any person, I'll, I'll think, finish it and go, oh, that was cool. I like he was quite relatable. Carry on my day. But like when we start talking, you you. Like any com- any good conversation you have with anyone about anything, you start talking and someone says a point, you that's interesting. I think, yeah, that might be because of this. And you start, like, the ideas start flowing. And I think that's what mm. it is. So, like, even though we've been, me and Scott have been watching Grinch since it came out 20 years ago. And, and we've, we've never, never had a conversation, had a conversation like, like this. <laughs> <laughs> and we, it's like, it's oh my God, God, it's profound visual comedy. Joe, I don't know if the Observer's Paradox is just making us fucking pretentious. Oh yeah, maybe it is. Maybe, maybe <laughs> The thing is, even though I might go, I might buy a beret. Ooh, <laughs> New Year's resolutions. So when when we do the next podcast, we're just dressed. You're getting, a, getting a scarf or a turtleneck. I don't know because you don't need that. I might shave my head. I'm sick of having a warm head while we do this podcast with all these lights on my face. Do I've got a hat? <laughs> yeah, that's true. You warm? I'm very warm. <laughs> Can we wrap it up? <laughs> right, let's move on to dusty. <laughs> I'm so dusty. Let's move on to jingle all the way. So, that's it. Is this the worst Christmas message ever? Yeah, let's. Right, let's, so before we pull it, let's just address it as a Christmas cracker before we. Right, pull this it. is a Christmas cracker. This film is is so me, Scott, and our brothers Bobby and Michael. You best be watching this. Tell your friends, subscribe. Love you both. We used to watch this every Christmas Eve. We used to all get in the same bedroom. We used to watch it in the evening. And we'd laugh our heads off every year. It is the best Christmas film. It is our Christmas film. It's our Citizen Kane of Christmas. Yeah, like we watch it every year. It's it's the Christmas film that we grew up with, basically. And, I say and, that, Joe's not... I don't know if Joe's seen Citizen Kane. No, I've not seen it. Okay. But, <laughs> but, it's, but that's our... You know, like... You, you, you know, that's like it's the go-to. We'd, we'd, watched, like, we'd watched The Grinch, but that was not as... Religious as Jingle All the Way. The Grinch has kind of become something that we watch more and more as years go on, but the Jingle All the Way is like the one that we watch. The four of us have had so much fun talking yeah. about this, like just having a. It feels like there's a lot of there's, there's so much weight in this cracker pour right Colton now. as well. Colton, Colton as well. Like, uh, Colton, you best be fucking listening. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> there's so much weight in this cracker. So we're going to pull it now. But the thing is, is just to remember that I know I mean this. This this is our family. This is classic. our Christmas. Right. Three, cracker. two, one. <laughs> it didn't even pop. That trying to pull the little thing. Is it going to hurt? Yeah, pull it. it's not going to hurt. It's a cracker, not a bomb. It's a time bomb. You got that. You know I shocked on all the way through this podcast. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> ah, come on, Joe. It's Christmas. Well, it's Christmas morning. It's a good job. It's, good job. it's not a uniform job, isn't it? I mean, do you want that back? Yeah, what is it? It's I don't know. So, Scott, you can start by explaining what uh, Jingle All The Way is. I don't think anyone can explain what Jingle All The Way is. Jingle All The Way literally is... In a nutshell, just Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad fighting over a doll (laughs) for like what, like two hours? Yeah, it's just it's it's got like all of the all of the like it's it's nothing like Predator, but it's got the one-liners that Predator has. Arnold Schwarzenegger lamps a reindeer around the face, and he goes, "You picked the wrong day." It's so oh, good. It's uh, so good. It's well, the, our housemate as well, he pointed out, well, like, obviously, we've always loved this bit anyway, but it gets even better when, like, you know, someone else watches it for, like, the first time and goes, I honestly, I'm glad that I watched this film just so that I could watch Arnold Schwarzenegger shout at someone about cookies. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah this is the thing. Like, we know that, that. We think, you know when you watch a film and you think it's famous because of the way you like it for with your friends or whatever, then you watch yeah. it with somebody else and they go, that bit's genius. And you go, it, it is, isn't it? Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's, put that cookie down. It's the, fi- the thing is with that film is that like, I think he's in the shower house. Do you want me to go check? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's cookies. I got Johnny as Turbo Man months ago. It's nestled safely under our tree. <laughs> The thing is, so like with with Jingle All the Way, like it's hard not to talk about this film without just laughing because there's or so breaking much, into quotes. There's so much nostalgia packed into it. But the thing is with Jingle All the Way is that it's a film where basically Arnold Schwarzenegger's kid is is doing karate lessons. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just kind of forgot keeps, about that. Then. And he just keeps missing them because he's a bad dad, and it's clearly not his kid. But we'll ignore that. For and they're now. not and they're not paying off when you think about the end. Yeah, no, and then yeah, That's yeah, yeah. and then basically. <laughs> He, he goes like, what do you want? What's going to make you happy? And the kid goes, a toy. And then what ensues is, and I mean this, like as cold-heartedly as I can say it, the most meaningless hour and a half of Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> fighting to get his kid a toy. And it's so, it's true, isn't it? And, and, and like you could take out, there's about three or four different sections of him fighting to get this toy. And it means nothing. You could take out any of the different sections. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, when we watched Gremlins and we were like, oh yeah, so we forget about like, like you forget how surreal things are until you watch them with someone. And then sometimes you end up watching it with through someone else's eyes and going like, I wonder what they think to like this bit or this bit or this bit. Mm. And because of the fact that everyone who I've always watched Jingle All The Way with has been like you, Michael, Bubba, mum, dad. And there was a time where I watched it with Colton yeah. as well. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. But like, um, or like, or, or I've at least spoke about it with Colton that many times that I've thought that I've watched it with him. Yeah. But like, it's one of those things where like, because we've always noticed a lot of other things, we've probably just let that whole, that yeah. whole like, it's so, complete continuity, like weird moment. It's such a slip, nuts film that so, you, you, let the, the, you let the normal things you judge go. Because yeah. it's that bonkers. 
Yeah. I think I've written here that I think it's the best miscast ever. Yeah. I think it's like the word, like why is Arnold Schwarzenegger in that film? But thank God it's Arnold he Schwarzenegger. He's the only one who could make that film what that film because is. Because with another person, that would be just like, <clears> a, it wouldn't have the same humour that Arnold Schwarzenegger would bring to it. Which is kind of genius, but kind of, I don't know if they know how funny it is. <laughs> yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger's in a, in a Christmas film where he just lamps people like, to get his, his kid a toy. Yeah, it's the fact that like that, that last scene on like basically like, between the the only times where it makes sense that they were like, yeah, we're going to choose Arnold Schwarzenegger for this is this. I can't believe I'm going to like for, for anyone who hasn't seen this film, the Santa's Grotto where they all just gang up on him. Yeah, <laughs> like or the, this guy says a really good line where he goes, "I'm going to dick your holes, bub." And it just pulls his braces. He pulls his braces out, yeah. <laughs> but like, but like, without that scene and the end action scene, there is no reason why it would be Arnold Schwarzenegger. No. <laughs> like, the rest of it, yeah, it makes... I think like, it, it kind of has to be at the same time because, like, Ted, who's trying to move in on his wife, like, it, <laughs> no, it's kind of funnier because it's Arnold Schwarzenegger because he's such a... Like, a a wedge that you wouldn't move in on his wife so say if he was like in any way geekier than Arnold Schwarzenegger it would be a bit like um, it would be like that dynamic wouldn't be as funny there's something yeah. kind of funny about Arnold Schwarzenegger being a baby because of a guy who's nerdy being slimy <laughs> than there is about like someone who's yeah, do you know what does, I mean it does kind of elevate Ted yeah, it makes him funnier because it's like, oh, this guy's like, she's, you kind of know she's not interested in Ted from the get go because he's like a bit wormy and a bit weird. And Arnold Schwarzenegger's obviously like a wedge. And it's like, well, That's just quickly, you. why would you, why on earth would you make a move on Arnold Schwarzenegger's wife? It's because like, you're trying to claw. <laughs> yeah, you, you wouldn't make him, you wouldn't dare it, would you? But it, yeah, it's, um, oh, it's such a good film. It, like, we, we, we just howl at it. Like, it's just so, it's just so full of quotes and stupid things. And it is just like, shut your brain off. So we've we've talked about a lot of funny films, silly films, sweet films. We've got a final thing that we want to talk about. I know what it is. And it's his... I'm getting teary already. I, I actually cried last time. I mean, I cry every... I, I'm, few like, things I'm, make I'm, me cry, but I feel like this film, every time I watch it, like I'm I'm at least like tearing up, at least. And uh, jingle, jingle away. Reading my notes. Um, <laughs> jingle all the way. Jingle all the way. Why, sweat, would he, why would he want the doll? <laughs> he punches He's that got reindeer. The real one at home. <laughs> the, um, I mean, I think for a lot of people, um, it's a wonderful life. Is like the go-to Christmas film. I think for me, it's like, I think it's a wonderful life is incredible, and I also think it's so well paced. So I think if anyone's too apprehensive about watching an old black and white film who's not seen it yet pop it pop it on and give it a go because it moves so much quicker once you get past there's a a bit at the, the beginning the bit at the beginning is one of those things where it's like that's probably the one part of it that's aged the worst yeah but at the same time when you watch that like the second or third or fourth time you don't you care. don't give a shit about it because yeah. you are just there like Oh, yeah, I know what just, I'm about to There's watch, just a bit so. where they're using like a, almost like a light board and there's just these like planets talking to yeah. each other and they're just too... They're I'm just pretty like sure it's like, where they got like the fart from Rick and Morty and it's where they got like the, the god from Futurama and yeah. it's like twinkly lights and yeah, stuff just like, like that. Just it's just like, they're, 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 yeah. There's two like god-like characters talking to each other and it's flashing. But It's Wonderful Life's a film that I, I watched um, a few years back, probably about five years ago now, maybe a bit longer, I don't know. And it's not only... 
become my, one of my favorite Christmas films, but it's hands down one of my favorite films ever. I think it moves so quickly. I think the message is so poignant. I think it's happiness is earned by the end. I don't think it's cheesy. I think it's like you get so caught up in how much it means to have that ending that it doesn't feel naff. I also think that, and I know I'm bringing it down a little bit here, but I do genuinely believe that anyone who's, like this year has been awful. And I do think that watching a film like that this year is actually quite important. And I think it's, you're, you're, you're basically watching something that is telling you to look at what you've got, no matter what that is. And the little things that you do, do have an effect. And I think for mm. so many people that have had spent a year not being able to do the things that they want to do and not being happy with their lives, actually, for a lot of people, I think the, I think it's a wonderful life is like, it's one of, what I'm saying is what a good year to watch it for the first time. But like, because it hit me on, so on much this that, year. One of the things that's like really, really good about it is while it does tell you to appreciate what you've got, it doesn't do it in like the slightest, like, you know, sometimes you'll watch a film and it'll almost like patronize you into yeah. like feeling it. It's kind of like it, it shows you what, what he has and then shows you that it gets difficult. And then by the end of it brings those two things together to go like the good can cancel out the yeah. bad. You just need to look for it sort of thing. And it's just like for that, it's just beautiful. It's so strong. Right. Cause you watch the whole film with a sense of like, Oh, like it's nice, but you are with him. You're like, he wants to just get out and live his life. And he's tied down to, because everyone has it, man. People don't like to talk about it, but he's tied down to like his relationship. He's tied down to his kids. He feels like a sense of responsibility that he's locked into these things that he can't get away from. Even people that are very happy in their relationships, marriages, whatever, will have moments, whether they like talking about it or not, where they're just like, oh, locked into this. Like, I love this person, but they are restricting me because I have to only look at this. And I think it's important that it shows you the, the darkness in your in your in your life as it is no matter how good or bad your life is before then kind of showing you because it does it, it does show you how that the, 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 the like more intense downs in his life but it does also show the kind of like frustrations he feels in what everyone can relate to yeah so I think it's one of those things where like it daringly makes you kind of you, there's probably a point halfway where you might be like oh I relate to that and that's kind of not a good thing and then at the end it brings it all back and makes you go like, no, like, look at what you've got. It's literally, it's it's one of those films where the message itself, it's just like, I don't know. It does, it does like just such a really good job of like bringing you back and then taking you forward. Yeah. Rather than just yeah, being like, yeah. rather than just, you know, just like a lot of like Christmas films will probably do just kind of tackle, like tackle-ily, tackle Tactfully. Not tactic. What are you trying to ask? I mean, like, if it's tacky. Tackalily should be a word, but it's not. Tackalily isn't a word, but like. Tackily. Tackly. It's tacky. It sounds too much like tactical. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not. (laughs) So, like, we know what it means. Yeah, I know know what you're saying, but like. I don't know if anyone else listening does, but I know. We will move forward. But, like, a lot of the time it will kind of like give you that tacky vibe and make you kind of go like, all right, this is the fundamentals of Christmas. It's buying this, that and the other. And it's like, and being around the people who you care about. And it's like, but that kind of goes like, things can be hard, 
but look at the bright side. Mm. It's like it's it's basically like a film about like the silver linings yeah. and like and how much and how thicker they are than the cloud, I guess. Yeah. Which yeah. sounds a lot deeper as no, I've said I, it, but like, I, but I kind of feel like that's kind of the point of it. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that is. I think that's the case. I think it's like, I think there's a reason why it's been around for so long. I think that it's so much. There's a charm in its in its age now as well. Like, I do think that even if you don't like watching older films, there's like you can laugh. You could. I feel like the moments that made me laugh because they're a bit like old and a bit shit. Like, add to it for me. Like, and like these effects are a bit naff or. That cut was a bit fucking silly, but it's like that's fun. Fu- I think you can watch it and don't don't feel like you have to take or it any, too seriously. Or when anyone's going, or when when anyone wants to get in a fight and starts the word starts the sentence with "see <laughs> see." Or how's that? That's how's something that? something something that needs to be brought back is people when they don't hear what someone's saying go "how's that." <laughs> I just love that. Like "how's that" is so much better than what? Yeah, "how's that?" Or "pardon." So <laughs> someone just mumble something. "How's that?" How's that? I, but yeah, it, it, I, I can't sing its praises enough. Like it really it is just like, I think it's just a perfect film. I think it's like, it's the perfect film for now as well. Yeah. It's very poignant this time of year. I think it's always, it's always the, the thing is I've always felt like it's always the perfect film for Christmas, like for the year in general. I do think there's something about what kind of person you are. Like I'm quite, I think I'm quite melancholic. I think I'm quite jokey and silly and stuff, but I'm very sentimental. So if you're a mm. sentimental person, it will lend itself to that. If you're not, and you do just like think that's a bit fucking deep, but I don't need it. And then watch Diehard. Then yeah, <laughs> watch, watch a film that's just fun, and I, and that's fair enough. I I don't I do. It's not at the same time though. It's not a long winded film. I think when you hear like deep and sentimental and words like this that we throw around, it sounds like oh that's going to be effort, and it's like it's not. Like it is a film about a man who spends his life trying to get away because he wants to travel and do things with his life. Meets someone that he loves, which these are the things, the themes that everyone can relate to. Everyone in the world can relate to wanting to do more with their life than what they do do with it at that current moment. They can relate to wanting to get away and travel more, but settling down. They can relate to someone else having a better opportunity than them. They're, all the themes in there are like you will have gone through them six times in a year. No, never, never mind in your lifetime. But it is quite melancholic. It's a very way. reflective film. Yeah. Is what I think, like you're trying comparing to say, comparing yourself to like. others. Yeah, comparing yourself to others and looking at what you've got and being like, oh, have I gone too far in the wrong direction at times? Like you, you are allowed to feel. It's a good film for letting you know that you're allowed to feel any negative things that you feel, <clears> and telling you that there's a reason why you feel them, and that it's so that you can have this realization that like life is worth it. And 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 it, and I think I think I just think it's. I can't say enough good things about this film. I just love it. It's like one of my, it's one of my favorite films and I, I adore it. I just like that, that third act like really does delve into like, you know, the sort of butterfly effect really well. Like yeah. I think that like, you know, like when you, like even watching a film like the butterfly effect or anything that tries to do it, I don't think anything's done it quite as well as that has. No. Cause it's like, it just kind of, I think the, the reason why it works so well is cause it starts off, it shows you him kind of, get it all yeah but like hesitantly but he does love what he's got but he just wanted other things as well this other thing and then it makes you kind of realise that like you know what he didn't get everything that he ever wanted but that doesn't mean that he's incomplete Mm. and I think that's like kind of the ultimate message of it is like everyone's always going to kind of want more yeah but like it's so important to look at what you do have yeah that's true 
That's true because it because it is that message of like everyone wants to to use the traveling thing. I think it's such a big thing with people today, where that everyone wants to travel the world, see everything, go on these experiences, live a free life. You know, we live in this kind of you know we're, from the generation before to the generation that's next. I'm sure we're in this kind of biting point sometimes where we want to settle because our parents or people around us did those sorts of things as well as what you know people want to live quite freely everyone's always torn between those two things aren't they and i think it's interesting to see a guy who settled who wanted to get away learn the real life it's not all about like i feel like no matter where you're at with how you feel about your life you'll get a lot from it is the thing because he he learns a lot about what he's got and that you don't kind of know the importance what, of it. It leaves you with the sense of like, he could go on to achieve those things, I guess, that he wanted to do because yeah. his life's back even again. But if he, but if he doesn't look at what he's got, like yeah. it's kind of one of those things where it kind of makes you go, you know, you can want more things, but just the most important thing is to just think about what you do have mm. because you don't want to lose that. Yeah. Look at what you've got that you want to keep while you've refocused on what you, what you want next. Mm. But yeah, I think yeah, it's, it's astonishing. I also think that like, I think that like, I don't know, I don't know the specific stats. I'm going to butcher it, obviously, but like, I know that there's a big mental health crisis at the minute and stuff. And I think when you've got a film that is about someone who gets to the point where they're just sick of their own life, and in the film he obviously wants to take his own life, but it's not. Even if you, even you know, you'd have to be at that level. You could just be down about anything or sad about anything in your life, and and you will find something to relate to in that film. Yeah, and I just think, I just think that's. There's some, there is kind of something in there for, for everyone really. Yeah, it's like, it's kind of like, it's kind of like almost all of the points that we made about love actually, but more (laughs) almost for me. (laughs) My point being is that It's Wonderful Life is, is an absolute Christmas. Is it a cracker? It's a cracker. It's a cracker. I mean, (laughs) these crackers, by the way, I just want to, I want this to go on record because I'm so heartbroken. These cost me 10, I don't know if they cost this much, but these crackers. I feel the texture of that. In fact, hear the texture of that. <laughs> They're made out good, of good crackers. Ten quid, right? Three, two, one. Oh, you got that one. <laughs> yeah. They're not. You get good. You get like silver oh, pens in these. That's a nice stuff. pen. <laughs> <laughs> I might use that to make my notes on "It's a Wonderful Life." Take it away, Joe. Right. So we're going to close things up now. I think. Okay. We've had a. We've had a. I've enjoyed. I've enjoyed talking about Christmas films. It's been nice. It's lovely. It's nice. It's making me want to watch them all again. <laughs> I want to watch... Do you know what I is? I want to watch Love Actually and It's a Wonderful Life again, like now. I actually... We're doing. <laughs> we do. Get a takeaway on. We need to sort out what we're having for tea, but we'll talk about this off air. What's your joke? <laughs> Sorry about this, everyone. What's an egg? What's, I don't know what's an egg. An Eskimo is home without a loo. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. It was great. Right, pull my crack. Oh, pull my crack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pardon. Right, Merry Christmas. Right, so let's say let's say a Merry Christmas. We're not singing. We might put Old Lands Eyes the music on, but we'll put Old Lands Eyes the music on underneath this. We can do that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. I hope everyone has a good new year. Thanks a lot. I mean, we've been doing this now for, this is our fifth episode, which is good, to be fair. Yeah. So, and we're, we're struggling a bit to make it work within this room, but we're going to keep chipping away. It's all, all the support that we've been getting so far is like genuinely greatly appreciated. We, like, you know, if you've got any suggestions or anything you want from us and 
what you want to hear us talk about in the future please what sort keep of episodes it you want to see in the new year yeah i mean we're going to do our best to keep it going as we can if you could see the room now which you kind of can't quite see it's it's astonishing we've like this well, we've bit's all right <laughs> yeah this bit's by average this, <laughs> this yeah 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 it's not, it's not as good we're doing what we can with the restrictions and stuff to make it work but yeah we really appreciate it i hope everyone has a good new year and hopefully this mess is behind us watch it's a wonderful life let us know what you want to hear us talk about next and scott you should also watch love actually because i realized after talking about it how much i love that as well yeah absolutely because it's an absolute cracker <laughs> I didn't deserve to win you that. You didn't did deserve I? it, no. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Scott. Merry Christmas, John. <laughs> Hard cut.